Hello and welcome to Speak Brave Podcast. My fellow listeners, entrepreneurs, courage warriors, and everyone who is not satisfied with the status quo and looking to improve right now. So I have a question as you are listening to this episode. If you are a small business owner or an entrepreneur and you are drowning in information, and you are looking for resources that will help you find answers. The resources that you can trust, because there's a lot of resources that we don't know where they came from, how did they come to be, and perhaps they will create more confusion. So if you ever answer those questions, I may have an excellent answer for you. And I have a special guest for this interview today. It is my friend, Timothy Michael Ricky. He is an author, he is a speaker, and he's a coach. Hey, Timothy. Good morning. Good morning. Welcome to Speak Brave Podcast. Uh, so could you just tell us, what do you have going on in your world right now? Not right now. I'm working with um, Michael Garber. We're partnered uh, in his, uh, his new uh, website called Radical U. And if anybody needs a link, we'll, we'll let them allow them to do that. And in this, it's a series of classes that can take as long as four years. But I'll tell you what, if you're going into small business and you want to start from scratch, and the first thing Michael will start with is your head. Where are you coming from? Because if that isn't straight, if that passion isn't there, you're not going to make it. You've got to have that commitment. And he goes through these series and get this, $10 for the year. I told him, Michael, you're crazy. You're giving away the best, and I do mean the best information in the world out there. And uh, so he's $10 for the whole year. And Mike will be on two more weeks on Thursday night once you sign up for the $10. Uh, so you can see the classes, and you can also listen to Michael on, on Thursday night. He's on for an hour, and then he'll be done in two more weeks. So don't miss this. It's, a, it's really, uh, really quite the thing. And Michael is a person that has defined the word business coach in 1977. He's the first one to do it, and he's helped thousands of people worldwide. Now, he was the founder of the E-Myth Academy in, in uh, Santa Rosa, uh, California, and I had visited there oh, in 2002, just after I, I finished uh, working with Tony Robbins. And I was amazed to see 30 people on the phones worldwide coaching small business people. And it was amazing what was going on there. And the lessons that Michael teaches are incredible. And I, I will say this, there isn't a business school out there that can do as well as Michael does. So we're partnered in that. But the next step in that is once this is established and he'll continue this uh, for, for a while yet. Now, don't be surprised if he ups the price to a monthly thing because that's what I'm recommending because it's that valuable. Uh, that we want to tie coaching to that. And that's my part of the program is to make it possible for people to have coaching to go along with the course. Because we all know if when we say we're going to do something like January 1st, I'm going to exercise, right? If we don't have a coach, how long do you think the gym will be full? It, it, it changes real fast. So having the coaches with, with an empathy and, and at the same time some tough love is very important. So the main difference in most coaches is I'm an experienced coach. I mean, I've lived any, everything I teach. I do not teach anything I haven't done. 
So I built a business, started with $13, while I'm sleeping on the floor of a studio apartment. I'm serious. And I took $13 and turned it into a multi-million dollar business. Took a few years, but I got there. And those experiences, those tries, those errors were so key to building that business. And I built it in an industry that no one had ever done before to, to any degree. They'd only, I'd only seen one of them started, and it was the first team maid service. You've seen Mary Maids, Molly Maids, Maid Brigade, but they didn't exist when I started. And the result was I couldn't turn anybody to a coachman. Uh, I had to go through that and learn it myself. And then after I, I did that, it became, I, I made a model of it. I duplicated the model twice, and then Mary Maids actually bought us out. So uh, it, was, uh, it was quite a journey uh, into that, uh, in doing that. So the biggest thing right now is to get entrepreneurs taken care of and trained so that they know how to do it right, because I know the stress they're going through right now, mm. and we can help them do that. Absolutely. And I know you touched just a little bit about Michael E. Gerber, and yeah. he is truly is an innovator, right? He, he, is, he burst into the scene and created such credibility. Why haven't, um, you know, why, why aren't more people know about him now? And because of this, I mean, truly resource is one of a kind. Yeah. Well, um, Michael, I'll tell you, he went through the biggest mistake in his life was he went through a divorce and he split the company up 40% to his wife, 40% to him, and then 20% for other officers in the company. The day after it's done, <laughs> he walks into the office and the sales manager walked up and said, Michael, we're voting with your wife. You're out of here. Oh, can you imagine? So, Michael, I mean, that was stunning because he built something from scratch. He had a partner at the initially at the very beginning, and then all of a sudden this happened. So he just kind of sat back for a few years to try and figure out what to do, and he began a thing called the Dreaming Room, which is where all those ideas come from anyway. And then I always say, well, the next step is give me the napkin. Let's write this thing out. And, and he rebuilt that, and eventually it came to the point that we had the E-Myth uh, uh, through Radical University, a Radical U, and that can be Y-O-U as well, uh, to train people on this, and systems in place uh, to do that, as I mentioned, at Radical U. So that's the reason he kind of disappeared like that. Another gentleman who disappeared like that was uh, uh, Glenn Turner. He was the man who in innovated a thing called Dare to be great many years ago. Many people don't know who he was, but you can find him on YouTube. And here's a man who was a, had a cleft palate, or he said, Ricky, it's a hair lip. Don't we talk, talk like this? And yet he was the most dynamic speaker I've ever known in my life. We had been friends for 40 years, I guess. And he, he passed away last year. But he has some courses that I'm trying to bring to Michael for younger kids looking at how they live their life, how they self-esteem. I want to make that part of it, too. So I have to work with Nancy and Glenn's wife. Uh, she's been in morning out for some time, so when she's ready, she's ready, you know. But uh, Michael is uh, – uh, he's the man that really started – he went from consulting to coaching. He brought that to Florida. What's the difference? People ask me all the time. Consulting comes in and fixes the problem you have in your business. And then they leave, and then you have another problem. They come back, and they fix it again, and it costs you, costs you, costs you. A coach teaches you how to fix those things along with you. They don't do it for you. You think about a basketball court. That coach isn't going to take the shot for you. He's going to tell you how to take the shot. Same thing small business. 
So the whole idea here is to coach small business people so they learn to systemize. Everything has to become a system. And my analogy when I do a speech on this is this simple. You get in a car, you turn the key, turns the battery, cranks the engine over, turns the drive shaft, and the wheels go forward, and you're off and running. So you have to do it. That systems have to be in a car. Well, the same thing in a business, but the, the most important part of that car scenario is this. Every system must work with the other system, or there's going to be a failure. The car's not going anywhere. Same thing in the business. You need to develop each part, and I teach entrepreneurs how to do this, and some of them just go, oh my God, it's that simple. <laughs> but the key thing that I've been, probably the letdown for me was when we just agree on something to do it, like I had a guy who had a, uh, it was a mechanic shop, he had six or seven mechanics in there with him, and you walk into the place, and it looks like there's, it's a mess. The tools are on the floor, there's, there's oil spills, and, all, and I said, I won't give you his name. I'll say George, it has a fake name. You've got to get this place cleaned up because you're spending more time looking for tools than you are working on cars. He agreed, but never did it. He'd start it and he'd stop it and see what was lacking there. He said his biggest problem was he couldn't get the workers to do what he needed to be done, the system we were developing. And that's when I realized he didn't have any leadership skills. So, of course, I suggested what you and I both do, Mark, and that's go to Toastmasters, where you can learn leadership and systemization and a step-by-system -system of communication. Mm. This is so good, and I do want to share this with the listeners. Timothy and I have met, I think, in 2015 or maybe 2014, around that time, and we both belong to my beloved, our beloved to <laughs> leadership yeah. and public speaking and yeah. uh, skills building organization called Toastmasters International. If you are not a member, look it up now, join today, or at least a visit a club through Zoom or in person when you can. Um, so, Timothy, could you talk to us, please, about um, some of the right, um, right, writing work you did, some, some of the books you have created, and how is that going? Well, it was interesting. Uh, how I got started was really... It's so off the wall, but it was because of Toastmasters. One day, I've got to give a speech, and I've got a few hundred uh, set away, and most of them are, or a lot of them are in business, I should say. And one day, I took out two speeches to decide which one shall I present today. And so, you know, they're, they're, they're pretty much like fit together, almost like pages in a, a book. Wait a minute. <laughs> That's how it started. So I started writing there. I have 23 now. Not big books, all little books. No fluff. I don't believe in fluff. Especially in this time, we don't have time for fluff. So the first book was The Gift. I wrote that actually in four days. And it's about, uh, it's called it's called The Gift, but I don't tell you what The Gift is till the last chapter. And I tell people, don't go to the end and look either, you know, because they're very interesting stories about my life, Abraham Lincoln, Martin, Dr. Martin Luther King Jr., uh, some of the famous people I've met, like uh, uh, Olympic uh, winners, uh, who have and what they disguised, which gave them the gift to make them succeed. So that was the first one. And then I started writing business books. And I've got one called uh, The Eight Essential Habits of, of uh, Successful Networkers or Effective Networks. I forget the title exactly, which um, I wrote because I'm going to these network events and nobody's doing it right at all. They, they weren't taking notes. You have 50 people in the room, you want to talk to someone. You're going to take some notes, you know, and then you set up appointments. Come on, break out your calendar right now. Let's do it. 
And it just little steps, simple steps, which can really change the outlook. And then now the most current book I've got now, 10 years in writing, is called Journeys of the Entrepreneur, book one. It is on Amazon. And it's about when I had my first business and I was, that's right, four years old. <laughs> and it was in, in a place called Wrigleyville. And people from Chicago know what that is. And it is the area around Wrigley Field in Chicago where I was born. And uh, I started my first business there. And that's the first book. There'll be six or seven different books going through the years until the, the night I received the award as Entrepreneur of the Year uh, for developing my maid service, which was called Tidy Maid, by the way, uh, to the point of uh, it being totally systemized, one into the other. And get this, then I read the email. <laughs> and when I did talk to Michael back in 2002, he said, he went through, we went through these steps, and he, I told him about my business, and he said, why did you sell it? And I said, well, I couldn't solve the turnover problem with employees. And he's looked at me, and he said, well, you know, you can't solve that. You just have to have a school in your business, and I suggested to everybody, on how your systems work so that you have consistency in your business. And I said, Michael, I did have a school. Every Tuesday morning, we trained five or six employees. I had 30 to 50 uh, 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 home cleaners with us, and the turnover is there. It's, it's just part of business. Uh, though we had a very close-knit family, it was very family-oriented. We always thanked our employees every single day for, the, for their work. So I didn't know that it wasn't solvable. Knowing that, because when we did sell it, our complaint ratio was less than 1% in a business where I don't see my employees all day. You are cleaning houses. But that's how efficient we got in. And part of it was an agreement, which you and I discussed for you and I, that the customers always had and we had. Not a contract, an agreement, okay? And, and the thing is, so you asked me prior, what was the biggest regret I had? I realized this in consulting with brand name franchises in the maid service or home cleaning industry to this day, they're not where we were in 1988. In short, I would have had the largest franchise maid service in the world. I have no doubts about that because the system was built that, that well. And Michael agrees with me. That's why he wanted me to partner with him because he said, Tim, you know, I know how to help people let them know they need systems and guide them on that path. But I haven't actually done what you've done. That's why I want to partner you. So we, we both understand where that's coming from. And, and that's a good point, you know. Uh, you can, you can coach them in, in how a business runs, but how do you coach them individually? And that's where I, my part comes in. Yeah, this is very exciting. Um, Timothy, what is the one thing that you are the most proud of? Probably the most proud of? I, I guess it would have to be my kids, of course. You know, My son's an educator in, uh, well, one of my sons, I actually had two from the first marriage. <laughs> my son's Austrian, my daughter's Swedish. And uh, she's uh, she's in South Carolina, and and, and John is in uh, Two Rivers, Wisconsin, which is one of the coldest places in the world. It's right on the river. It's right on the lake. And then I have my daughter Gina. She's up in Atlanta, and she has two daughters who uh, are doing very well. One, uh, uh, Bonnie, is an artist and is doing beautiful work, and she does makeup as well. Uh, and Katie's involved in a lot of subjects as well. And there's my son, stepson Dennis. Now, when I talk about Dennis and the girls, so it's a total of seven. People say, 
I married a woman with five kids at home, and they're all teenagers. My second wife, and what are you crazy? I said, no, I'm one of 10 kids. This is normal to me. <laughs> and I never had a problem with that. I mean, the kids are great. You know, they, they do well. And uh, so the total is seven there. When I came back from Nam, I helped my mom with six brothers and sisters. And then I helped with my grandchildren and initially raised them. So we add it all up. Believe it or not, Mark, it's 19 kids. And I always loved having the kids around, you know, as long as they weren't trying to kill each other, beat each other up uh, there. I don't care how loud they get it. They're having fun. That's fine with me. You know? Yeah. Yeah. I love that. Um, Timothy, as, as we just said a few months ago, our involvement in Toastmasters, there's an event coming up in uh, yeah. central Florida. And if you are a Toastmaster, uh, make sure you attend. Even if you're not a Toastmaster, make sure you attend and get all the magic. Can you tell us about your role you'll be playing and working at that at that event coming up? Yeah. Well, I'm a guy that'll try anything. I don't have any fear. I got over that years ago. Uh, so I was an Elvis impersonator for 23 years, but for charities only. And uh, matter of fact, last year at the conference, which is what Mark is referring to here, uh, Gail, Gail Hill-Smith introduced the, the new conference for this year. And part of that was doing Viva Las Vegas on stage, with a lot of impersonators and stuff, and it was an absolute blast. And then came this year, and everything got delayed because of the, uh, of the what's going on here. But we're scheduled for the 22nd of August, and my role there will be to introduce Elvis impersonators, and then we'll have a little contest to judge it. And uh, Gail and Pim uh, are working on selecting those judges for me. I got an email last night. And then I will fill in by nothing can go wrong as an Elvis impersonator. And I've got some things because almost every single time something goes wrong. Probably the most uh, embarrassing was Toastmasters used to have regional conferences. I had a student in there, James Webb, who, was, who came in third in the world that year. He was one of my students. And he was at that conference. I'm also a guard at the door. And I'm singing with the choir. Then I had to sneak off, slip into my Elvis suit, then come back out and finish. And everything went wrong. The sound guy was asleep at the wheel. I'm listening for the karaoke background, so the boom, 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 the boom, boom, coming in. And then when I get to the mic, I go up and I'm singing, and nobody can hear me because he's got it too loud. I, I go over there, I had him turn it down, and he didn't turn it off, he turned it down. So when I looked, now it was solo, I couldn't hear it, asking to bring it up. Now I'm trying to find my place on the song. Oh, and then we had some gals come up who did the uh, Boogie Woogie Shoeshine Boy next to three of them, there's the McGuire sisters, and that didn't work because only one mic was on. This guy was supposed to be a professional. But, you know, I watched once in a while because it keeps me grounded. <laughs> so those little little things, those things going wrong as an Elvis impersonator, like your belt falling off or your sideburns rolling up, uh, they're hysterical in retrospect. They weren't at the time, but you get through it. And uh, and when you do them for charity, it's so rewarding because it's uh, I've been paid checks, but I turn them over to like Rotary or whatever particular charity I'm doing those for, and I've done them for almost all the major charities, just because it's an absolute blast. But it is, believe it or not, the hardest thing I've ever done because I'm trying to be someone else. You know, being, being the king of rock and roll is no, <laughs> no easy chore. The, the nice thing about it is I had uh, uh, a classical voice lessons for two years in uh, Pulaski, Wisconsin, from my coach there who said I got a voice. So we went from there, became an entertainer. 
And then when I joined Toastmasters, how I got the Toastmasters, this was an oddity. I was at my club, Castleberry Rotary Club, and they said, somebody want to speak about their business, our, our speaker's going to be late here today. So, heck yeah, I go up and I tried to talk about TidyMade, but I got totally off guard. I thought this would be a piece of cake about an entertainer. But you know when you're an entertainer, you know a song and you do it. But when you get in speaking off the cuff and you've never done it before, and Mark, you may have been there, you wait a minute, you need structure here, and I didn't, so I, I could do something about this. And that's when I went out and found uh, Toastmasters uh, back in 96, I believe it was, yeah. Yeah, yeah Toastmasters really can change your professional trajectory, uh, your social trajectory, everything. It, it's it really is an amazing, amazing experience. And I recommend everyone, if you're not a Toastmaster, if you're listening, make sure you check it out today. And so, those who are wondering, you know, toastmasters.org, and just go in there and put in your zip code and it says find a club, you'll find them all over. We have 30 in Orlando. So Toastmasters are where you learn the art of public speaking and leadership. Because people ask me, what's Toastmasters? And I have recruited over 100 people through the years. And what's in it for me? Seeing them grow watching people like Carmelo completely change from the kind of a quiet guy to look out. He commands the room. So those are very rewarding, you know, uh, to me. So yeah, look into Toastmasters. Maybe you can become a writer, a speaker and give seminars and do things like Mark and I do. You know, it's, it's a blast too, you know. It is. It is so much yeah. fun. So Timothy, we're coming to an end of our conversation here. Uh, I have final two questions. Yeah. What is next big thing for you? the biggest that you're looking forward to and the best way for people to find you and connect? Well, they can go to Tim Rickey and that's R I C K E.com. And you'll, uh, there's information there about me and I'm on LinkedIn and Facebook and all of them, Twitter, all of those. Uh, the biggest thing I'm looking forward to is putting the club together. Uh, the, the, um, uh, entrepreneur club, uh, in conjunction with Michael Gerber's uh, courses, and they'll be weekly or we'll start out monthly probably getting together eight to 10 people where we're going to help each other learn. And I'll be there to facilitate and help those entrepreneurs at a very low rate. This is the big difference. Most coaches are very, very expensive. We know today that's, that's going to be very difficult. So the whole idea is to keep the price down, have a meal once a month or once a week together, only eight in a group and build it right along the lines of how Toastmasters model is built, award night, to bring in the top-notch speakers like Mark here to talk to the club about attitudes and, and life-changing and things like that. Every meeting, we always bring a new one in and share a meal and then mastermind through those groups. I've been in masterminds groups, and it's incredible what can happen in that atmosphere because ideas come out of nowhere. That's the mainstay for me is to get that developed so we can help people who are entrepreneurs get their businesses up or help them get started wherever they are. If they are teachable and coachable, we'll get it done. Absolutely. I love that. So thank you everyone who uh, joined us today. And my big sincere thank you to Timothy, Michael, Ricky, and I will be putting all the contact information for him on LinkedIn, Facebook, and his website. So people can easily find you and connect with you. Uh, make sure you reach out to him. Tell him you heard about him on, on a Speak Brave with Mark Guy. So he'll feel good and make sure that he can help in your success. I've known him personally for several years and he's always been uh, very generous 
very giving and very understanding. And as you can, as you have heard, anyone who has the audacity, the courage, and the boldness to be an Elvis Presley impersonator is somebody worth knowing and working with. So everyone, let me say it this way, Mark. Thank you. Thank you very much <laughs> for inviting me, sir. <laughs> I like it. I like it. Thank you, everyone, for joining us today. I hope you found uh, some nuggets of beautiful inspiration and wisdom from our conversation. I appreciate every one of you that you have supported me, supported my guests, and always, always uh, listen to the episodes. It is truly is a labor of love. And I want to share this with as many people who can appreciate it and grow with us. Remember, there's people right now who have less experience than you. They have less qualifications. But these people made a decision and took imperfect action. Just take action now. You will thank yourself later. Thank you, everyone, for, for watching, for listening. And I will see you next time. And in the meantime, don't forget to speak Greg. Thank you.